Welcome to Real Conversations, exploring the meaning behind the music. Hi, I'm Reverend Jeannie Kataoka. And I'm Al Yankee. Join with us for a deep dive into the inspiration and meaning behind the music of New Thought, as important New Thought artists share the story of their creative process and their spiritual journey. Real Conversations is a rare opportunity to take a look behind the curtain to discover the connections between the stories, the music, the artists, and you. So let's dive right in to Real Conversations, exploring the meaning behind the music. Well, hello. Al and I are here today with one of our favorite performers, Gary Lynn Floyd, or as Jamie Lula calls him, Floyd. (laughs) (laughs) He's not only a fabulous singer, pianist, and songwriter, he is, and I can I can vouch for him, an all-round nice guy. Today we're talking about his latest release, Present Shock, the songs of Harriet Shock. So welcome, Gary. Thank you so much. We've been trying to do this for a while, and I thank you for your patience, and I'm so glad to be here with you guys today. Well, we're delighted to, to be with you as well. I know that Harriet has a rich and varied career as a singer songwriter and performer, and she's written music for films and TV and has even done some acting. One song we'll listen to in a bit is Ain't No Way to Treat a Lady. And that was a top 10 hit for Helen Reddy, which and was nominated for a Grammy and went platinum, which means it sold over a million copies. While it's obvious that Harriet and her vast body of work is worthy of attention, I'd like to know how you got connected with her and decided to do an entire album of her work. Um, I met Harriet when I was living in Venice Beach, California. I had moved from Texas. I had spent the first part of my career in Christian music for about 10 years, and then I came out of the closet and that all went away. And a few years later, moved to Venice Beach uh, to kind of start my life over to, you know, just kind of try to figure out who I was. And after I moved to Venice Beach, I was introduced to Harriet. I had been a songwriter earlier in my life, but I hadn't written a song probably in seven or eight years. And um, and Harriet is a remarkable songwriter. And not only that, she takes her knowledge and her passion for songwriting and it shares it with other people and teaches them through workshops and classes. And I wound up in a workshop of Harriet's and got inspired to start writing songs again. Um, I wrote several songs while I was in her uh, in her workshops. I wound up singing background vocals for her uh, for about three or four years in L.A. Um, So that's how I that's how I met her. So she's always had a tender spot because I feel like I'm writing songs today because of her influence in her guidance back then to just encourage me that I still had something to say and how to access it. And And, she's a fellow Texan, right? And she's a fellow Texan. So we immediately, uh, we immediately connected on that, you know, you know, Texans. (laughs) (laughs) So fast forward 25 years, we keep in touch. I mean, my life has taken me all over the country. uh, And Harriet reaches out and says, I've written this song uh, about the life story of a gentleman named Harvey Brownstone. It's his coming out story. And we feel like it's, you know, it could be like a coming out anthem. And would you be willing to sing the vocal for us? So 
I jumped at the opportunity, first of all, because it was Harriet, and then just knowing some of the subject matter of the song. And I got the song, started recording it. I recorded the vocals here in my shed. And I started recording, uh, just started rehearsing the song. And I couldn't get all the way through it because it was, it felt like my coming out story. And it's really, the way that Harriet has written it, it's kind of a love story back to um, your parents. It's a, it's the, it's a story of a parent and a child. And I, I related so much to it. And I thought there was, you know, probably a reason why Harriet reached out to me to sing it because she knew my story too. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of how, uh, as a result of that, Harvey loved the song. He said, you know what, it would be great to hear a whole album of you singing Harriet songs. And as much as I love Harriet, as much as I love her songs and to revisit the songs that I had sung with her 25 years ago, it was just everything lined up and it became a perfect opportunity to um, do a little departure from what I've been doing original music for 10 years and, uh, and just dive into another field. And it was really great to, um, to record this whole project. That's well, wonderful. That great too. Yeah. yeah, it did. We, uh, uh, I think we probably should uh, let our let our listeners know where we are on the New Thought Media Network here, and this is not necessarily a New Thought album, even though Gary's a much beloved New Thought artist. So that's just a little disclaimer and fair warning, you know. Uh, that and it's not a New Thought album, but Harriet writes from a higher consciousness level. I think she writes conscious music of someone who is falling in love, someone who's going through a breakup, someone who's losing someone, a relationship. And the level of consciousness that she writes from uh, is very is very much in line with we as New Thought people. Um, and I think that that was the beauty of it, too. Uh, I got to go through and just pick my favorite songs of hers to sing. So uh, I, I love them all. And so where it's not really a New Thought album, it is. Um, it's from a conscious place of showing up in the world and observing what you're going through and doing the best you can with it. Well, wonderful. Let's get started. We're just we're going to step through the album in the in album order. So the uh, the first uh, track on the album is a uh, I'm going to say it's a cute little number um, and touching. It's called the quietest part of the day. So let's we've been talking a lot. Let's let people listen to it. So here is Gary Lynn Floyd on his brand new album, Present Shock, the mu music of Harriet Shock, the quietest part of the day. Quietest part of the day is the time The small hands on four, the big ones on nine And all is as still as the stars in the sky At the quietest part of the day The crush of the carpet that's under my feet The place in the floor where the boards always creak the sound of a heart just beginning to beat at the quietest part of the day. Some people travel to New Mexico or old Idaho or farther just for a taste. 
taste of what I have right here and now. So why bother? The gears of the world are in need of some grease, and gravity's hold would greatly decrease if I were just able to carry a piece of the quietest part of the day. Tomorrow the cycle will surely repeat I'll be measurably tired and dead on my feet But I'm perfectly happy to trade a night's sleep For the quietest part of the day Some people like all that noise in their heads And medicine turns down Sitting here staring instead At this empty bed in my room I take a breath out and another one in The small hands on four, the big ones on ten I'm right where I am and not off where I've been At the quietest part of the day when it's all over and I'm looking back On what fell apart and what stayed on track The one thing I'm certain that I want back Is the quietest part of the day The one thing that might just be hard to give back Is the quietest part of the day You know, Gary, that's that's just a one. That's, a, that's just a sweet song. You know, it's the first song I picked, and mm -hmm. I love it because it took me. For me, quietest part of my day is laying in bed with two dogs that have jumped in bed in the morning, and Danny, and it's quiet, and that's where my head goes. Is mm -hmm. oh, those sweet moments before everything gets started. It's just nothing like it. So it's the beauty of that. I think everybody can identify with that, at least those of us who don't just jump out of bed. I haven't been doing that in quite a while. Uh, <laughs> I know what, you know, I mean, I look, I roll over and I look at the clock, right? Doesn't everybody do that? <laughs> yes. You know, and, and you've got that wonderful eighth note accompaniment that rolls through there. That It just sounds like a second hand to me. I don't know if that mm -hmm. was a conscious choice or not, but. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> But and then and talking about the songwriting, uh, that that melody, uh, you know, she's evoking a clock and it sort of kind of circles around like the hands of a clock. Yes. And I love how she comes back around at the end to, OK, five minutes have passed, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you know, of this moment where, OK, now I'm back in this moment again. And I just love it. I, and the melody is so much fun to sing. Yeah. I, you, the what is. It came out to me as a very visual song. I could see easily doing a video or even an animated version of that song. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. Alrighty, and the, the next one up is It Tears at Me. What would you like to say about this one? Uh, for me, this is like a, it's a love song, but the first part of the song, like the first verse to me is kind of, the idea of 
uh, showing up for yourself and being mindful and conscious. And that, that desire to be more is kind of what tears at you. And then as the song progresses, it kind of becomes a love song, um, someone coming into your life. And then at the end of the song, um, just acknowledging that, okay, people see what I show them and I, I haven't been able to show all of me. And this one person can like see beyond whatever that is and connect. And so that's what it means to me. <laughs> all right. Well, let's listen to Gary Lynn Floyd doing Harriet shocks. It tears at me. saying he thought the quiet part of, part of 
quietest part of the day was was a sweet song but as i listened to this and i think in the lyrics it says too sweet and i went and, and not in a bad way not like it's icky sweet but just oh that's just too sweet that's too just sweet lovely mention, yeah those things that just they're so beautiful you can hardly put words to them right right you know the thing that, that immediately grabbed my attention was uh right in the introduction and it's it's got nothing to do with lyrics but it was the bass line that's got kind of a melodic you don't really hear a lot of melodic bass lines and the, right in the introduction that's where the melody was yes and uh there's actually that's my buddy, uh, that's my buddy joe mckenna um, is he is he playing on the whole album because there's a lot of great bass playing on he this is album. playing on the whole album he's you know he's the music director here at csl reno and uh, and came and played on the album and so that's all him well, kudos, you can pass kudos back to back to him because uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, I've, I've got my notes here uh, on all the tunes and I'm always, you know, nice bass or yeah. or great yeah. bass sound or, you yeah. know, interesting bass or something like that. I got to give props to Cody Ray for producing the album with me. Um, he's a friend that I've met uh, through another friend here in Reno. Uh, he's produced uh, Instrument of Peace and then a couple of a couple of the cuts on my then and now CD that I did last year. So um, I think he did a remarkable job of, of production on this album too. So moving on to the next track, uh, I, you didn't mention the title when you were talking about um, the Harvey Brownstone, but I, I believe this is the one you were talking about. Yes, this is. And I loved being able to give voice to somebody else's story and have it, feel like it was my story. And that's one of the beautiful things of Harriet's writing too, is she can take a really specific situation and make it a universal, um, accessible universally to everyone. Everybody can identify something with it. Um, Harvey uh, has been such a great friend through the process too. Um, he was the first openly gay judge to be appointed in Canada. And oh, he wow. officiated the wedding of Edith Windsor and Thea Sayer, whose marriage triggered the Supreme Court's overruling of the Defense of Marriage Act, the definition of spouse. So he had that whole career. And then he retired and he has a talk show now called Harvey Brownstone Interviews that you can find online. He's one of the best interviewers I've heard. But his vulnerability in telling Harriet his story and then um, being able to give voice to it uh, is, was really a gift for me because I, I found a lot of healing. My parents are both have both passed and I had issues with my dad and my mom different ways. Uh, but it helped me in my healing to be able to give voice to this song because it felt like my song and I kind of felt them in the process kind of healing themselves too if that makes sense makes perfect sense um i think we should let our listeners in on this very beautiful piece of music so this is once again gary lynn floyd singing i am yours would i have risen to the top without rejection had I not been abandoned and reviled Did I do all I did 
can certainly understand how that could be a hard song to get through mm-hmm. it it was and like i said the cool thing is the healing that i experienced by getting through it and mm-hmm. oh just feeling those things not be okay i'd get choked up i couldn't finish that line i gotta do it again <laughs> um but it it really was a really beautiful moment for me to be able to kind of heal some unresolved stuff with my parents and just go back to them, even if it's just 
energetically and spiritually to say, oh, I get it. And look at the, you'd be proud of the person that I've become today. So Gary, uh, you know, when, when I ran into that same issue with having to get through a lyric in a song that, that is touching me, um, I don't have any secrets. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I choke up and sometimes I, if I know I have to do the song, I just do it again and again and again and again to kind of get to the point where I can gut through it. I mean, do you have any tips or secrets for us singers out there or, or do you do imagine the same everybody, thing? Imagine everybody in the room's naked. <laughs> oh, that. I I really don't other than just to remember that we, as, as we perform the song, as we sing the song, we're kind of representing the feeling too. So in order to allow other people to feel that we kind of have to keep ourselves together because then if we're, especially, I mean, just like in public, you know, um, then it, 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 it doesn't allow them because then they're, you know, worried about you or, you know, just thinking about that. So, mm. um, but I don't have any, any specific thing that I do other than, um, you know, I, I was recording. So that was good. Cause I could just take a breath and come back in. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I guess, realizing that we, we have an opportunity to allow other people to feel those things. And so if we can keep it together ourselves <laughs> and it allows them to, you know, to feel those same emotions. I think what I appreciated about the song is, and, and you've been saying it, that how you felt healed, that the person looking back and saying, I wasn't the son that you wanted, but it's they seem okay with that. As you were saying, you know, I, I energetically and spiritually been able to communicate with your parents that, look, I think you'd be proud of me now. And to, to have gotten to that place of healing. And I think that, that that for me might have been the most powerful part of of that that it was able to evoke that yeah it just kind of lifted that off you know mm -hmm. and um yeah it's, I, I feel very grateful for having been able to um to sing this one for sure the next one um is i think quite touching as well it's it's um because you've lived and i think that um, Harriet is referenced right at the very beginning. She references Helen Reddy saying um, uh, that as you saying, I am woman. And that's the only time she says anything about it. But, you know, that was one of Helen Reddy's big songs. And then to go on and, and talk about how that pulled me back from the brink of, you know, when I was having to make a tough decision, I think she says a very dark decision. And I, I was, I was just really into that as well. This song was written. It's another song that she gave voice to um, another, uh, another gentleman's story. His name's Jim Keaton. Oh, and he was, a, he was, a, he was a, a suicidal teen that was dealing with being gay and felt all alone. And he turned on the TV and Helen Reddy's on singing, I am woman. And he felt, he was like, if she can be powerful like that, maybe I can too. And he wrote her a letter and sent yes. it to her thinking she's not going to, you know, she won't respond. And she responded back and they formed a, friendship for the rest of their lives. And he in turn 
became an operator for Crisis Hotline, helping oh, wow. people who were suicidal to, you know, he's helping them save them as she did for him. So that's the backstory of the song. And I, again, it was just so beautiful to be able to give voice to this story and this gratitude he has for Helen Reddy. It's kind of funny because the very first non uh, gospel or Christian concert I went to, my mom and dad took me to Six Flags Over Texas when I was like 12. And the concert that day just happened to be Helen Reddy. Mm. So I, that was my very first concert. So I've always had, uh, you know, a soft spot for Helen Reddy too. So again, um, knowing, you know, that I loved her and then hearing the story of Jim Keaton was just, a, you know, a beautiful thing to be part of his healing too, because then here's his story in a song that Harriet has written. And, you know, I, he gets to hear it played out in the music. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so let's listen to Because You Live. When I was on the verge of my darkest decision You sang I am woman on my television I found an address and I wrote you that day I thought she'll never answer No way Your response cut through depression like a knife And fifty years ago you saved my life We gave and gave and gave to one another And I'm what I am from what we were to each other Because you lived, I live Because you gave, I give I built on this loving foundation Crisis hotline became my life's occupation I've intervened for thousands who were withering on the vine I saved these precious lives like you saved mine Each day I help the broken hearts and dejected And I do my best to make them feel respected Night I would fill my cup at your show You knew I'd be there, front row And though the day I'd spent had taken quite a toll I would get the strength to help another soul Because you lived, I live Because you gave, I give
shared it a little bit but um did you have a person like that not not that you necessarily had a dark time i imagine you probably did because you know coming out is scary um, to say the least i but did. did you have one person um uh i did in a musical way i never met her at the time but i was a kid that would go into my room with my headphones and my little record player at the time and play uh, Amy Grant CDs. And she was my life, my touchstone of somebody who was uh, oddly enough outside my box. She was, you know, not uh, a traditional artist like we had known them and hearing her music, it just felt like uh, she was giving voice to a lot of the things that I was mm. going to. So that's why I have such a tender place for Amy Grant because okay. kind of like my <laughs> Helen Reddy, even though okay. there was the exchange, but we've been, mm -hmm. we've been friends through her music for, you know, 40 years. Wow. Wow. All right. Moving on down through the, through the album here. And we're looking at uh, Gary's release, uh, Present Shock, the music of Harriet Shock. Um, this one, um, Let's just listen and then we'll talk about it. This is called You Are. If we're gonna be children for the rest of our lives, why then pretend to be husbands and wives? If we're gonna be blinded by the tiniest light, why not admit that we prefer the night? Do we take out our toys, swords, and guns? Or put out the white flag and run? You are my harbor, my night in shining armor. And I wonder sometimes if you Thank you. 
just from a songwriter's uh, point of view, I just love that turnaround on the title. You know, you are my harbor, my knight in shining armor, several other things. And then tonight I would kill to be where you are. That's just, that's beautiful. That's great songwriting right there. Yeah, I totally agree. I love this song. It's just a really beautiful love song about all the aspects of a relationship, you know, and then coming back to the love at the end, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's Harriet up to these days? Uh, do you stay in touch with her? I do. In fact, I'm going uh, to, oh, well, see now we may need to edit this because I don't know if this is gonna come out before Tuesday when I do this concert with her, probably won't. Okay. Um, but you're doing things with her. I am. And Harriet is actually, uh, there's a documentary coming out called Hollywood Town that is a documentary about her music, her wow. songwriting, her life. It's beautiful. I've seen little clips of it and it's just a beautiful tribute and a great look into the life and the songwriting of Harriet Shock. And they're in the phase four of all the production uh, and uh, if you want to know a little bit more about it, you can go to Indiegogo and just type in Harriet Schock, S-C-H-O-C-K, and you can find out a little bit more. But um, she's doing this, uh, this uh, documentary is coming out. Um, we'll be doing some events together. And um, yeah, it's just kind of, it's really cool to be back in her orbit now, you know, after we've always been in a, a little bigger orbit. Now we're closer in together. So it's cool to be able to, um, explore new things with her. Hey, moving on to the next one. <clears throat> I, I mentioned it earlier, ain't no way to treat a lady. And what I, what I got from this, and of course I listened to it with new ears from, uh, I think it came out in, um, the seventies, I believe. And, uh, but I, I realized this is talking about friendship or maybe something even deeper than that, but there's a reason, season, or a lifetime, you know, that people stay together. And this song is just kind of accepting what is. It's it's obviously kind of sad, but at the same time, you know, reason, season, lifetime. So why did you choose it? The original song was uh, 
this is the Helen Reddy song. Mm-hmm. So then it was a female perspective, but this is the male perspective of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's uh, years ago when, when I was in Venice Beach, um, Harriet had written the male version and I did a demo for her and we um, it was a very, very country demo <laughs> at the time. Um, and to be able to sing it for me, it's kind of an apology song for a guy to sing to a girl in that um it's a it's saying you know what that really was not great of me to do and i own it and i'm sorry and that's not Mm -hmm. to treat you and um so that's kind of you know the the sentiment of the song and i you know i was where i go in my head when i recorded it i was engaged in college Mm -hmm. because i was still you know i was in a baptist school i was southern baptist i thought okay if i i can pray this away maybe God can change me if I just get married. And so I, uh, then I graduated before she did. And so I, I went to Dallas, kind of figured out who I was, you know, this was not something that was going to go away. Mm -hmm. And so I broke up with her, but not, I wasn't out yet. So there was that tension of not really being able to be completely forthright, but knowing that I had to I had to do it. And so for me, I went to that place when I was recording it of, okay, I think about that situation. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I was trying to figure myself out. And in the process, you got mixed in and I apologize for that because you didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So wonderful way to look at it. Let's listen to, excuse me, ain't no way to treat a lady. myself I was involved with and then you started to cry I guess I never found a way to hear what you were saying till you told me goodbye that ain't no way to treat a lady no way to treat my baby my woman my friend that ain't no way to treat a lady no way but maybe it's a way for us to end you were busy being a picture with all the colors you busy looking into white blue mirrors and loving the show that ain't no way to treat a lady no way to treat my baby my woman my friend that ain't no way to treat a lady no way but maybe it's a way Funny kind of consolation keeping me sane, and I'd really like to share it while it's fresh in my brain. 
really touching and warm and fuzzy and even though it's it's sad it's still it, i like it <laughs> <laughs> well and in the same way the next song uh worn around the edges um you know is uh i think on, on the surface it's a it's a love song between two people but um uh you know that that uh, title line there the hook um um, is it kind of is something more it speaks it speaks to me well I maybe she'll let people listen to it, but I'm going to go ahead and start now that I've started it speaks to me of the affection that a lot of us feel for things that are kind of a little worn out that maybe show their age have been used but but because of that they have a patina of of what's gone on and what's and the love and the effort that has accompanied their existence a velveteen rabbit story. There you go. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's, you have to um, experience enough to just uh, like get to the deeper kind of good stuff. And I, that's what this is about for me is, yeah, I'm not the youngest. I'm not the best looking. I'm, I am worn. I have been like chewed up and spit out by life, but, <laughs> but, I am here with you. You know, it's kind of a, a, a love song about finding that um, in unexpected ways, you know. Well, let's let people listen to it. This is Gary Lynn Floyd, Worn Around the Edges. It feels so good. Feels so right. It took me years to reach tonight. But here I am, maybe a bit the worse for wear. And here you are. And maybe you don't care that love is all that I can give you. I wish that I could give you. But the love I have to give you now Is better than before It's just a little worn around the edges 
song But I hope you take it like you would A gift made by loving hands at home It's been so long I've walked so far Now I'm back to where you are I've been through fire I've been through emptiness and shame I've changed a lot But I love you the same Love is all that I can give you I wish that I could give you Better than before, just a little worn around the edges. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better than before. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody here on this uh, little chat can identify with that. Definitely. But you know, I, I mean, uh, even objects. You know, I mean, I have some. I have some old instruments that that, uh, <laughs> or even uh, maybe the feeling that I don't know if everybody gets this, but you go into like a thrift shop or a secondhand store. And it has, you know, it has a different vibe than going into Target or, you know, some place where everything's kind of newly manufactured. It's just like the soul has kind of rubbed off on those things. And, you know, soul has kind of appeared a little bit more in our lives once we've been around the block. <laughs> yeah, nice. The next song is Search. So let's listen to it first and then we'll talk about it. This is a Search by Gary Lynn Floyd, written by Harriet Schock. 
search for God Heaven slips through your fingers And what you hold on to Will it comfort you When you finally wake up In your search for God You think you have trouble sleeping now Love lost brings new meaning to insomnia down on your knees in ways you never dreamed of in your search for God.
with that title, you don't know what to expect. But so why did you choose it? Um, this one is the one that's still kind of a mystery to me. Hmm. Uh, as I kind of sing it more and understand why I chose it. Um, I love the beginning in your search for God, heaven slips through your fingers. And for me, uh, personally, it's kind of a song back to uh, the people that I knew in, in my Baptist evangelical world. And it's a really, it's a melancholy song. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, it references a she, she talks to me, I know her heart. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that represents several things, one of them being God, actually. Mm -hmm. I, I felt the same way. You know, um, and I just, I love the production of this one. I love the uh, the flute. Cody playing the flute is awesome. The end part, I just kind of let, I just let it, uh, let the recording go and I just played played it out on the piano until I messed up and then we kind of faded it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so for me, there's a lot of, <laughs> for me, there's a lot of soul in the production and in the music and the feeling of it. And honestly, I, I, um, you know, I find something different in it every time, hmm. but it's all yeah. connected to, um, it's connected to my spirituality and to other people's mm -hmm. spirituality and mm -hmm. to the idea that maybe you are searching for God, but you're mm -hmm. missing the point because you're excluding people and you're judging people. And mm -hmm. So and, that's what it is for me. What did you, yeah. what, did, what was your interpretation? Yeah, I, I think, I think the same. And even though it changes from, um, the search for God. And then I think later in the lyric is search for love. Love is another word for God. So it just kind of changes, not, not exactly the perspective, but you know, if they didn't relate to the word God, cause that has baggage, you know, what about using this word and how do you relate to that? Uh, I, I you know, I, I think it's easy to see why it's still a mystery to you and that it, it, it means something different to you every time you sing it. Well, you know, and I think that there's all, the line, you'll be down on your knees in ways you never dreamed of in your, mm -hmm. search for God or your search for light. To me, that's for all of us of that moment of just realization of, oh, I could have done it a different way. I could have done it a better way. And it's kind of that for me, it's that self-forgiveness of just kind of being brought mm -hmm. to me in that moment of, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I <laughs> see it a little more clearly now, you know, there is. There's that, it, these are, um, you know, there's some melancholy in this whole album, mm -hmm. but I think that it's, uh, it's done in a way where it's more of an invitation to dip your toe in that just a little bit, just to kind of, you know, see, um, see if there's anything to learn from the vulnerability. Yeah, because yeah, I, th I think you're right. It's melancholy, but it's not maudlin. It's not it's it's not you know poor me it's not anything like that it's just looking at as you said harriet has a way of the things that happen to us in life and looking at them and, and getting to the meat of them yes um and and sure. what what can we get out of it and i think you know as, as much as as al gave the caveat at the beginning this is not necessarily a new thought album yeah maybe it is <laughs> i agree i agree <laughs> 
So I want to, um, before we move on from there, you guys said all all the things that I was thinking too. So I'll just, oh, great I'll, just One I'll sign on with everything you just said. Um, and compliment the flute playing, of course, but also some really nice guitar playing and somebody on vibes. Is that right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a funny story of the production. So the vibes and uh, the guitar, yes, the guitars, Cody playing guitars too, and the, the whole production, the vibes were double of the piano part mm, okay and then toward the end if you listen they they come in on some phrases and they go away on some phrases and they come in and the story about that is that you know cody in his uh pro tools just went okay well, let's just swipe this and so toward the end he just kind of swiped through the vibes for that uh for the instrumental part at the end and so it kind of created this cool, spontaneous, oh, well, they're back in now, and now they're not, and yeah, yeah. Oh, you noticed that, cool. <laughs> nice, nice. That's Al. <laughs> well, I do have some questions for you about, about the next tune, but let's play it first. This is uh, Mr. Green. So here's uh, Gary Lynn Floyd, Mr. Green. Oh 
So Gary, I have to admit that I'm not sure who Mr. Green and Mr. Red and Red, Mr. Blue. Mr. Blue. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually listened to it a few times and had different thoughts each time. So do you want to speak to that? Yes, I will. Um, I'll tell you who they are for me. How about that? This is a song about our spiritual avatars, our spiritual leaders, gurus, people that we've been inspired by and who we want to emulate or or inspire us to be better people. So my Mr. Green is Jesus. Uh, just because it's the first one and it was that was my first spiritual teacher that I really identified with and wanted to emulate and be like. Mr. Red for me is Buddha because I was introduced to Buddhism through my friend Ji Singh. Uh, I met him at Unity in Dallas. We became really good friends and he taught me, I would go to his Sangha. He came up to me the first time we met and he was like, would you be the Gary Floyd that played at my junior high camp when I was in Baptist church? <laughs> this little, this little, you know, Buddhist monk, that would be me. So we <laughs> formed a friendship, but you know, I learned walking meditation. So um, for me, Mr. Red represented Buddha because he really inspired me. Mr. Blue for me is any of my other uh, inspirational spiritual presence that have inspired me. Ernest Holmes, uh, Neville Goddard, uh, Abraham Hicks, you know, there are so many, but they, they kind of get put into Mr. Blue for me. So for me, this song is just about the people that have inspired us and they, you know, you could have any Mr. Green, Mr. Red or Mr. Blue. Um, and then maybe the last Mr. Green is just an acknowledgement that it's in all of us. And so it can be like the, you know, we are actually that. I was so far away from where you were. <laughs> Tell yeah, me where you too. were. Tell me where you were. <laughs> okay. I mean, cause I went, th I went through some obvious things, uh, but I, after like maybe three or four listenings, I settled on Mr. Green being the environment or environmentalism. Perfect. Yes. You know, I, cause I was, I was really trying to make a connection there and I then, and then Mr. Red being our passion, <laughs> nice. whatever that is. Yes. And then, and then Mr. Blue being uh, sadness or depression. Oh, I love all of those. And that's the, beautiful thing about Harriet's music is that we all have our different interpretations. Gene, what was yours? Do you recall? I, I just, I, I kind of got lost in it all and, and, and I really didn't come up with anything specific, but I, I really like what both of you said. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted also to make it feel like a gospel song a little bit mm, because, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, because for me, it is that gospel thing of, I feel like I'm a better person because of the influence and the uh, the teachings of these avatars that have been here. And, you know, for me, it's just kind of a celebration and like and, and but I love the environment and passion and, you know, melancholy, because that, too, is, you know, um, yeah, I think it could just be anything for anybody. Uh, I think I think it could. And that's, you know, like like some of the other things, you know, leaving that that bit of openness or mystery is really the hallmark of a great songwriter.
Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to also, before we move on, uh, ask you about um, the background vocals. You got some help on uh, on the on the background vocals. It seemed I heard a female voice. Yes. Yes. There are a couple of females. Misty Ray uh, is the uh, is probably the voice the the higher voice that you heard. Uh, Lisa Ramage, who also is on the music team at CSL Reno, she did some vocals for me. Cody Cody is Misty's son. And I met Cody through mm -hmm. Misty, and I met Misty through Joe McKenna. So I mean, it's you know, uh, Reno has been a lovely place to be for the last few years, and I'm really grateful for the community here. And uh, but yeah, those vocals, uh, Misty is an amazing, amazing singer, and um, yeah, she was she was really good. I mean, she was really like on your vibrato. She <laughs> was like she was you know tight with your vibrato. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. I love singing with her. Um, well, before I before I just back out here, um, where can people find more about Gary Lynn Floyd? Uh, go to GaryLynnFloyd.com. All my catalog of music is there. If you stream, just go to any of the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, any of those. Um, yeah, or, you know, friend me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm better on Facebook because I'm old, but Instagram, I'm trying <laughs> to figure out <laughs> so I don't get left behind. <laughs> no, so, yeah, any of those places. Um, so the the last song and on, on the album, and it made me cry, <laughs> but uh, it's called The Last Love Song. I love it. It's the ultimate, um, it's the ultimate love song. It's my song for Danny. I feel like uh, I've found my person and that, okay, you be, uh, Danny, when he was younger in life, he was a dancer. And so it's kind of cool mm -hmm. for us because you, you say, I'm your last, I'll be your last love song. If you'll be my final dance, it's kind of the back and forth. And mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, I just love it. It's, it's a song about finding your person and the gratitude that comes with it. Well, let's let's go ahead and go out with Last Love Song, written by Harriet Shock and performed by Gary Lynn Floyd. I was flying a mile a minute, never stopped, but always intended to. Sad but true, I didn't count on you. Unaware of what this collision could do My heart just grew I didn't count on you You say I'm your last love song You bring me such sweet Used to move to winter, I'd find. 
Say I'm your last love song 